<laughs> that might be how this starts. Just a deep, deep sigh. <clears throat> well, here we are. We've both eaten too much barbecue. <laughs> it's the way we start every podcast. <laughs> By eating enough food for four people. I'm sluggish. How are you, Rob? <laughs> I am tired, and uh, I am Rob. <laughs> Welcome to King Me. I'm Dan. I'm Rob. And today we're talking about The Shining. The sh- oh. <sighs> God damn. All right. We've been waiting two episodes <laughs> for this. <laughs> but here's the only problem with The Shining. <laughs> it It's... The best, and it's only downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I enjoyed Creepshow, too. No, no. They're, all the other movies, they're fine. They all have their little... No, life. they're not. They're not all fine. That's... I think they're all fine. It's an unfair characterization of some of these movies. Um, we won't hit this high a point again until we get oh, to God, Silver I've, Bullet. I've eaten way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel... I like... Yeah, I want... <laughs> just for... Just so you guys at home have context... We went straight from brisket sandwiches and hamburgers to black, black coffee. Yeah, I... <laughs> Pow. <laughs> I did shit my pants. Oh, man. Yeah, so I've been having digestive issues, and I felt like this would clear it right up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what ha- the way it works is that the red meat creates a, a blockage, a pressure. Right. And then the... The, the 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 coffee, coffee yeah it's it builds up until it just yeah exactly <laughs> and then at a certain point it all just shoots out of your butt right like blood out of an elevator we're talking about the shining <laughs> boom 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 yeah keeping it <clears throat> on task so uh how do you want to start talking about this all right what was the first time you saw the shining first time i saw the complete shining yeah hmm Oh god, I'm gonna throw up all over our nice equipment. I'm trying to remember the first time I saw The Shining because I was a big baby uh-huh. my whole life. I I would argue that I still am yep. a big baby. Oh, sure. I've just got these stronger teeth now. That's the only difference between Baby Dan and uh, I. So I don't think I would have seen it growing up. Certainly not in its entirety. Okay. I was familiar with like the pop culture beats of it, like the "Here's Johnny" mm-hmm. and the uh, which "Here's Johnny," as we all know, is the popular catchphrase that Jack Nicholson developed <laughs> for The Shining, <laughs> right? Um, and I knew the twins, yeah. but I don't think I knew anything. I only saw it fairly recently. Maybe within the last few years. Just I might have seen... For this episode. Yeah. I might have seen Room 237 before I saw The Shining straight uh, through. Yeah. Ooh. one of I can tell you one of the first times I saw The Shining was with it playing backwards and forwards over <laughs> itself. That's a delight if you've never done it. The best way to watch any movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When was the first time you saw The Shining? I saw it when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Like... I was probably Danny, Danny's age in the movie. Twenty-four. <laughs> oh, in the movie. In the movie, not me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was probably Danny's age. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. It was definitely like 
Oh, like seven. Did you find him relatable <laughs> at the time? Um, I don't think he was scared enough. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I was so young, and it scared the, the shit, shit. Yeah. The literal shit out of me. I can tell forever. you, <laughs> my first real horror movie memory is, um, without any context for it, seeing a scene from Child's Play. Ooh. Where she's holding the doll and she, I guess, knows something is up and is like screaming at the doll. And she insults him and he comes to life and attacks her. And yeah. that scared the shit out of me. Right. So I can't imagine how you were feeling yeah. looking at that art house nightmare. <laughs> right. I. I'm glad I didn't understand art house cinema at the time, <laughs> or else it may have been scarier. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the idea that uh, I don't know, the part where Scatman mm-hmm. eats it, Crothers. Just to be clear, right? We're talking about Scatman <laughs> Crothers. Yeah. Scatman Crothers, not any, not Scatman Gagliardi. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great grandpappy <laughs> Scatman Cagliardi. <laughs> um, that was very scary. The, the whole idea that the dad... Wait, so Scatman and Crothers in general scared you? Were no, you a him... racist seven-year-old? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but that's not the part that scared me. <laughs> I just didn't like him being there. <laughs> 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 Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. What about it scares you? What part? Like when he's having when, No, when he dies. When Scatman gets the axe to the chest. Mm, yeah. That's very that was very scary. But like the idea that like Jack Nicholson turning on his family and killing them uh was terrifying to me because Daddy? Dad? Dad? Daddy? Daddy? How'd that start? <laughs> what? Haven't we done that on here before? Yeah. Daddy. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it's, worth, like, it's worth noting because we haven't released any of these at the time that we're recording this. Yeah, we, it's not been only like are, six months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not only are we recording this months after we watch The Shining, rewatch The Shining, it, yeah. it's been a uh, better part of half a year since we came up with this and started recording episodes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to record over the next year or so, bank a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Just release them all at once, yep, I think. Yep. <laughs> Just re- I think we might have both been in different relationships when we started <laughs> recording the show. That's true. Yeah. I think uh I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um that's that's the power of Stephen King though. <laughs> and I'm still dating the same person, it's just the dynamic has changed. That's what I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> um But yeah. Yeah, oh man, Jack Nicholson turning on his family. The idea, because my my dad wasn't, he was never like, he, he's no Jack Nicholson in The Shining or anything. Like he wasn't bad or anything. I'm smirking, but uh, he was so much bigger. Everybody's so much bigger when you're a child. Yeah, your dad, particularly, yeah, he's well, a he, big dude. He's a big guy, and like I, I was afraid of him. And like I said, like not for any reason. Like he didn't hit us or anything like that. It was just like I was scared of him. Yeah, um, he's big and scary. So like the idea that like oh, and there's also this possibility that he'll go insane and murder sure. us with an axe. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Great. 
Who who encouraged you to watch that as a seven year old? I don't know who encouraged it. <laughs> I was a I really as a kid I had carte blanche to watch whatever I wanted. Wow. So you just what as long as it didn't have tits in it. That's where the line it was. It does have tits in it. It does have grody weird, grody tits. Yeah, just swampy raisin tits. <laughs> Hi, swampy raisin tits. <laughs> Esquire. (laughs) (laughs) Business card just says S raisin tits. (laughs) Yeah, what what I don't understand is like how did you come into possession? How did I get a copy? How'd you get a copy? How did you was on TV? Okay. I think that's where I saw it. It must have been on like channel eleven. So it probably had no tits. Mm. Um so good to go. Right. Yeah. Um, still all the scares left in. <laughs> they left all those in there. Oh, they uh, could have bleeped them. <laughs> Scrambled <should>. the scares. <laughs> it would have made uh, my life easier. Swampy Raisin Tits. <laughs> chairman of the Scramble the Scares Act. <laughs> should also be noted, I'm very sick when this is Oh, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the grossest podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah we're back this is a, a fucking shit show so far and arguably the best app <laughs> um, let's bring it back in yeah so i was allowed to watch and basically like i said like anything like schwarzenegger movies like extreme violence yeah 80s like, violence ro- 80s violence like the way that like Matt Gorley talks about squibs mm-hmm. in the eighties and how they were like so insane, like that those movies, RoboCop, those, like oh, you saw RoboCop. I saw RoboCop as a twenty three year old and I was still appalled. <laughs> I was like, it's, oh no, yeah, no, yeah, that is a movie for people my age. I think like right. That's when you should see RoboCop first. That's yeah. when you'll get it. So, and I think because I've seen all these things, I'm desensitized to mm. any violence. Mm. You know what's weird? I think I used to be more desensitized than I am. Do you feel that way? I do. Actually. Like as your humanity grows within you. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I remember used to be a real nihilist. I feel. Like. I, I saw Cannibal Holocaust when I was a sophomore in high school, right. a freshman or a sophomore in That's high school. That's prime time. It's, I think for Cannibal Holocaust. It That's is when you should see it. Why? I think isn't it just exploiting your your yeah. lack of empathy? Yeah. Because like I don't think people. I wouldn't watch I, I'll it. I'll say now. boys anyway. Boys don't become empathetic till they're like nineteen. So like you're just that as, is generous. You're just real smart. <laughs> you keep getting smarter, but your empathy doesn't start growing right. for many many years. But yeah, I saw. So I was at like peak intellect <laughs> when I was fifteen. Right. It's only been downhill since then. Um, but yeah, no, I was like a full thinking person. I was just like a, a little fat Patrick Bateman. watching this movie and my friends and i saw it and we were like oh this is hilarious because it's so gratuitous right and so over the top and then you rewatch it and you realize that it's very upsetting yeah there's like there's a lot of r word yeah Uh, uh, i didn't care for it i don't yeah Uh -uh, i don't i I've gotten... I've only seen parts of it. I've gotten soft in my old age. and I, Yeah, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, no, it's really... It's not worth watching. And, like... I shouldn't say that. Probably, if you're seeking out a Stephen King podcast, you're probably also, like, a grindhouse person. Yeah. Right? Yeah, probably. Guys, 
I love Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but like Eli Roth, that movie just came out recently, The Green Inferno. Yeah. Which yeah. was, I didn't see it, but it's I supposed to be very similar to Cannibal Holocaust. Well, even Same. Green Inferno is like, they, they use that term in Cannibal Holocaust. Do they? When they? I think when they're setting up the movie, like the cannibals live in a section of the rainforest they call The Green Inferno. There it is. So yeah, so, it's like... Yeah. I Because I remember seeing him being like, is this just like a remake of CH? Yeah. As we affectionately called it before we developed humanity. Right. Yeah. So point being, I think I've only gotten better as a person. (laughs) Dumber, certainly. But, uh, yeah. What what you lose in in smarts, maybe you gain in in feels. Yeah. Maybe. And that's it for King Me. (laughs) So... Okay, let's let's dive into the movie a little bit. Okay, so we have the family, Shelley Duvall, a mess yeah, right off the bat. Um, <laughs> yeah, f- uh, her wardrobe is yeah, dressed uh, like a a, a sp- Raggedy Ann doll. <laughs> yes, a conservative like a Puritan Raggedy Ann. Yeah, doll. Puritanical like, Raggedy. <laughs> like someone saw Raggedy Ann and was like, "Hey, can we tone down the sex appeal on this thing? <laughs> this is for kids." No. Her her whole wrist needs to be covered. Yeah, Shelley Duvall is dressed like she's dressed like a little girl who is adult sized, but also a specter. Yeah, a I feel like she she also speaks kind of like a little girl that's been that is adult sized. Yes, her voice. Well, you know they, just, yeah. Hey, he just it's the kind of thing you do a hundred times and then just oop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the way they I was shocked watching this movie. For the first time, because I was always always under the impression that, like, this hotel corrupts Jack Nicholson. Right. But what I learned in watching it is that he is a shitty person to begin with. Yeah. He is a drunk. Jump. He hits his kid. Yeah. There's a whole, like, the whole um, setup of the movie, there's a lot of talk about whether or not he beat his kid one time. He accidentally hurt him while he was drunk. Right, he'd been drinking, and he he pulled his arm out of the socket. He grabbed him, like the kid had his toys or some shit on the floor, and he grabbed his arm and he yanked it out of the socket. Which which is awful. It's very bad. Yeah. So, that was... (laughs) Hard to do, I think. Even on a little kid. Right. Like, you ever try to tear, like, a chicken leg off of a whole rotisserie chicken? Cooked. It ain't easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's And, like, I don't know, we... Movie starts with him like talking to the the boss at the Overlook Hotel, mm-hmm. and that whole scene with them going back and forth, and the guys explaining. Well, there was an incident here one time where a guy. <laughs> You're gonna laugh. You're gonna laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, he's murdered. It's so much murder. Um, but Nicholson's face, like the whole time, he is just uh, like just a horror show. He is got the craziest like look on his face like this grin and eyes wide yeah, his and like, <laughs> well his eyebrow one of his eyebrows is permanently arched yeah it, and the shape of them is so he looks evil like i think he's only played the devil one time but he should only play the devil <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> nicholson uh, should be shorthand for devil <laughs> get right. thee behind me nicholson <laughs> um so and that was another thing as a kid, like being very scared of Jack Nicholson from then on. That's natural. Yeah. Like you know who just... my childhood fear was? Who? Charlie Chaplin. 
Hitler. It's pretty creepy. Hitler standing. <laughs> no, not even that. <laughs> you, you, as I a was boy, you probably like, fine with he Hitler looks too as a much like Hitler. To <laughs> <laughs> like, go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, he just like it was the black eyeliner, and his eyes were always real wide, and he never yeah. said a. He never made peep. Yeah, I think someone had a life size Charlie Chaplin cardboard cutout, mm-hmm. uh, and people back then were smaller, so it was probably my size. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it was yeah. Sorry. No, that just, that's. That's a. Uh, this is a show scary. about healing, <laughs> and I'm taking that opportunity to do so. Yeah, yeah. Jack Nicholson. He's just a scary guy because of his face. Yeah, his whole face. And, like he also in Hollywood, he seems like the kind of guy that if you like got ended up on his bad side, he would have you murdered. Yeah, like no problem. Yeah, he will. He was a powerful man. Yeah. Um, he came from that whole like he seems, 70s renaissance in he wouldn't cinema. have you murdered he he because he doesn't even seem like that calculate he seems like he'd just do it one night and not even care when he got caught like <laughs> yeah. he would never even bother not lying even, yeah, yeah not worry about being caught yeah he would cop to it but he wouldn't show remorse yeah <laughs> he'd just be like yeah well I I there was some I don't know I saw some like thing it was like a red carpet whatever Julianne and, Moore yeah, <laughs> that old that old red carpet. carpet. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was real. It was real blue, real hacky. <laughs> but uh, Nicholson was like in a, in a tux. It was some like event, and the paparazzi they're like taking pictures of him, and he doesn't want it to happen. And he threatens the guy, and he says something like, "If you don't put that camera down." I'm going to push your face through the back of your skull. <laughs> Not hit. Yeah. Just very it's, slowly and deliberately yeah, right. just push. push. Yeah. yeah. Just mush your just, face. You hear creaking oh. and then snapping and then mushing. Yeah. The bones cracking and the tendons snapping. Oh. And just eyes popping. And Nicholson with a face that he just does not care. Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> old, old Uncle Jack. So I think we can all agree. Pretty good casting. <laughs> yeah. Perfect casting. Duval too. Like, she has a... She's... If you've ever seen... I think probably if you don't know who Shelley Duval is, you might... Her most famous work is um, The Scream by Edvard Munch, the painting. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you might know her yeah. from. Or or her brief but memorable role in Annie Hall. Yeah. So was, either The Scream or Annie Hall. She was also... Olive oil in Popeye, uh, Popeye, which is everyone's favorite movie. Everyone's favorite movie, but also the, I think the role she was born to fucking play. <laughs> yeah, she's built for she's built for oil. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could I, title these I, episodes things other than the names of the movie because my votes for built for oil. Yeah, yeah she's, I was going to do my Daniel Plainview, but I, I decided against it. <laughs> there'll come a time when yeah. you... There'll come a time. <laughs> do you want to do yours? I've abandoned my olive oil. <laughs> I've abandoned my oil. <laughs> do you want to go again? No. That was the, that was the cross-exam. You get a redirect now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Moving on. Yes. Uh, so... All right, so then they get to the hotel and things. I, I, when we watched this, it had been like a really long time since I had seen it. And I thought there was more like a, of a drastic change 
and Nicholson. Yeah, exactly. But they're, like you said, like they're really. He starts off bad and just gets a little. He gets violent. Like, yeah, that's the difference. Oh man, it in the some of the. I mean, we have to talk about Stanley Kubrick here, who is one of my favorite directors of all time. Mm, an unpopular opinion. Yeah. The like. Oh my god the the shots some of the shots in this are pure magic. It is one perfect shot after one perfect shot. <laughs> yeah, every <laughs> every single frame of this is one perfect shot. <laughs> it's it's almost too much to handle. It, it's so gorgeous. It's kind of exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of in the way where like I read uh Jack Handy's novel. Yeah. And it's just like joke after joke after joke and you need like a moment right. to collect yourself. You something. Like a palate cleanser. Stanley or Yeah, it's just a bad shot. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick is unrelenting yeah. in his his uh skill as a cinematographer. <laughs> Foy. Uh, Foy. Uh <laughs> This movie was also shot in sequence. Was it really? In order, yeah. What are the advantages to doing it? I guess you can there, right? It's one location. Yeah. Why couldn't you do that? You Yeah, you can. It's a bottle the, movie. I, the advantages of it, I guess... Um, As the, an actor, that has to make it easier, right? Uh, probably. Especially for a movie with that kind of arc. Yeah, where by the end of it, you have to be like so emotionally exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I was really interested watching that Stanley Kubrick documentary that we watched. Yeah. To learn that, because uh, I'd always, in my head, I, I'd... Imagine him as a real stinker. A real stinker, a very difficult person to work with. Everyone but Shelley Duvall is like, oh, he was the sweetest man. And, but even Shelley Duvall... She was like, I get why he did it. Yeah, now she's like, I get it. Yeah. At the time, like, she was a disaster. Like, she, of nervous course. wreck, hair of course. falling out. I like, personally, the whole thing. I don't think I would ever forgive no. him for doing that. <laughs> no. Like, it, yes, it's a great movie. Is it worth destroying someone for six months? Uh, uh, I don't know. It lives on. We're talking about it now yeah. on our podcast. It's true. So worth it. <laughs> Shelly, if you're listening, we're glad you got hurt. Um, but yeah, everybody else in, in that documentary who had worked with him, like yeah, every the, other the actor, span of his everybody career. Yeah. was just like, great guy. Great guy. Very He's like, smart. Very focused. Super focused. He's a perfectionist. But like... So that's the thing. Whenever somebody says like, "Oh, he's difficult," I wonder if he's actually difficult or if he's just like he's a got standards. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, "No, we have to get it right." Right. And yeah. like, I won't accept anything less. That's. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know if that's true in other cases, but that, based on the tenor of what right. I heard in that documentary, that seems to be the case. Right. Although I'm sure you could also find like plenty of interviews that weren't included in that documentary. But they were like, fuck Stanley they were like, Kubrick. Fuck that guy. He treated me very, very poorly. <laughs> sure. I always forget that with documentaries is like they're, they're representing <laughs> one very specific point of view. Yeah. It's true. But I still, I love everything that he does. Yeah, me too. Um, every shot in this is beautiful. Uh, Danny riding his big wheels around the hotel. And like the sound design too, when it like, you just hear it when he uh, goes the over carpet. the carpet versus the hardwood. Uh, give yeah. me that that sweet sweet sound design. The way <laughs> the sound of uh, the tennis ball yes. when Jack Nicholson's throwing it around. Yep, the mm. tennis ball is great. Every 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 like the technical aspects of this movie are just so perfect. 
I think. The set design, as always, yeah. is just like incredible. It's great. <sighs> Love it. Um, in my notes here, I have first seen Jack Nicholson already scary. Um, <laughs> he's a writer, just like fucking every fucking Stephen <laughs> King protagonist. Yep. Or not protagonist. Well, uh, there's always a, a, a writer in a Stephen King story. Um, the hotel is actually based on a real hotel in Colorado. Right? Uh, I think the the hotel is actually in Washington state. It, this hotel, the overlook takes place in Colorado, I think. But, um, I was listening to a different podcast lore and it was all about, um, this haunted hotel. It was, the hotel itself was haunted by the former owners, um, Ooh. uh, this husband and wife and they, um, there was the, the way the podcast goes on about it is there was a guy that was staying there and he had this dream about, um, you know, going insane and murdering his family in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And then he woke up and he was Stephen King. <laughs> and then he wrote The Shining. Wow. Just like that. <laughs> yeah, basically that was it. I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but more or less. <laughs> he woke up and he was like, ah, I'm Stephen King. <laughs> and I'm, I imagine he also did a mountain of cocaine and then wrote The Shining. <laughs> yeah, there was no snow in the... Uh... Right. In the actual hotel. <laughs> right. That was just cocaine. The snow in this movie is symbolism for cocaine. Yes. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Right. Um, now, I think it's interesting to note, we love this movie. Yeah. Stephen King hates, hates it. it so much. And I think he's a real, real grumpus for hating it. Well, I have a quote from him here, if you'd like to dissect it and shit all over him. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> The book is hot and the movie is cold. <laughs> he said that? Yep. He's a a true genius. <laughs> the book ends in fire and the movie in ice. In the book, there's an actual arc where you see this guy, Jack Torrance, trying to be good. And little by little, he moves over to this place where he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And as far as I was concerned, when I saw the movie, Jack was crazy from the first scene. Yeah. I had to keep my mouth shut at the time. It was a screening and Nicholson was there. But I'm thinking to myself, the minute he's on screen, oh, I know this guy. I've seen him in five motorcycle movies <laughs> where Jack Nicholson played the same part. And it's so misogynistic. I mean, Wendy Torrance is presented as this sort of screaming dish rag. But that's just <laughs> me. That's just the way I am. So, okay. I can't argue with anything you I, just said. <laughs> I'm prepared to. No, no. I, I, um, I I'll do. tell you what. Yeah. First of all, Wendy Torrance saves the fucking day. Yeah, she's not a screaming dish. Rag. She's screaming constantly. Yeah, and she, she is harrowed. looks like a dish rag. She does. Sure. Look, but that said, I would argue that, like, she, her whole arc is, like, coming out of, like, a pattern of abuse. Yeah. Like, she's a kind of a really strong character in that respect. Right. She's an abuse victim mm-hmm. the entire movie. Yes. And she has to... And by the end of it, she is an abuse survivor. Right. Yeah. Um, she grab, gets her son out of the situation and, you know, yeah. leaves her husband for dead. Mm-hmm. Um, even, it, like... It, it takes a while for that to happen. Yeah. There's even, like... <sighs> 
like Scatman, right? Yeah. As as sort of like the surrogate father figure, which he tries to like make himself. Yeah. Like that's not enough. I, I really, you know, like she yeah. has to be the one to like get right. him out and raise this kid, and that's like I don't know. That element of the movie kind of gets lost because I think people do think of her that way, and mm-hmm. it gets overshadowed by like his arc from shitty to worse. Jack right. Nicholson's arc from shitty to worse. Yeah. The sort of supernatural elements of the movie mm-hmm. that like make it a horror movie, and also then there's like all the co- like the colonialist stuff. Right. Like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot going on in this movie, and I think her storyline kind of gets glanced over. Because yeah, the right uh, because it's easy to glance over because yeah. it's Shelley Duvall doing like that a really good job yeah. of playing this character. <laughs> yeah. She's like the hysterical woman mm-hmm. in like for a good part of the movie. Like, and uh, she self actualizes yeah, yeah, by yeah. the end of it. We, yeah, we look past it, but yeah, she is like she is kind of the the thing holding it all together. Without yeah. her, there's there's no movie. Exactly. Danny dies. Danny. 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 <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how, if you want to address me by name from for the rest of this podcast, that's um, any episode. How good is Scatman Carruthers? Oh. Love him. Oh, he, we got 30 legs of lamb. <laughs> we got 15 whole chickens. He's the first one who talks to Danny about The Shining. What's uh, he call him? The whole Doc. Doc. That's right. Calls him Doc. And which is what Shelley Duvall calls him, mm. and she's like, "Hey, how did you know that I called him that?" And, and then he's like, "Huh? Well, who? Huh? Yeah. Goo. Well, he looks like a doc, right? Mm. I don't know. No, that, that's nothing. Isn't that what he says? He does say yeah. that. Yeah, look at him, <laughs> Scatman. Scatman. Oh, is he here with us now? <laughs> what if Scatman was here with us right now? Oh, nope, nope. Um." We may never know the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, one of my there's so many great shots. The blood coming out of the elevator, great. Which uh, is why they have to show it like three times. Yeah, they show. I didn't. They know. have every. I, I never yeah. got sick of it. Never get sick of it. Um, the one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Nicholson is like, uh, he was just accused. I think. Of no, he goes and he he's had a fight with Wendy, and he goes into the bar room, mm. and nothing is in there. And he just sits down at the bar, and he's just facing like the camera's got a straight on shot of him, oh. and he just starts talking to it. He's like it's talking to his bartender Lloyd, and then it flips he's around looking right in the fucking camera. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and then the bartender's there, and he pours him a drink. That whole scene. Like the wife and the give her a knuckle sandwich, like yeah. that kind of business. So creepy and so well done by everybody. And then the scene in the bathroom, I really like the scene in the bathroom. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. Oh, man. It's like with Grady. It's weirdly like the most beautiful scene in the whole movie. Something the about color, the, the colors of that bathroom and yeah. the angle it's shot at. Because well, it's just a stationary shot. Like right. nothing crazy is happening it's not as like it's not like a tracking shot which is cool like him following danny him being stanley kubrick i guess (laughs) but when you see danny riding around the hotel it's a great shot and it's iconic but like something about that bathroom yeah the bathroom the bathroom is great yeah it's a great set piece i guess because like the colors are so saturated 
Yeah. Like, it doesn't... That's not a bathroom that would exist anywhere in the real world. Right. That is it's hell. A, it, <laughs> hell. Hell bathroom. Right. The bathroom in hell. Yes. If you crap in that bathroom, you have crapped in hell. <laughs> and who knows where the crap goes when you flush the toilet. Perhaps back up your butt, because you're in hell. Uh, what, oh, man. Every time you poop, it just... It just goes further up your butt. Yeah. <laughs> Till it comes out of your mouth. Oh, Welcome God. to hell. <laughs> this Jesus is a, Christ. Yeah. This is stupid <laughs> what we're saying. Um uh, oh, I forgot where we were. We were uh, talking about the bathroom. The bathroom being nice. Great and yeah. So I don't know. <coughs> All it just Nicholson is just so fucking scary the whole time. It's great to me. It's, it's just so good. It, and the movie is so like, it's. I don't think it is, but people have described it as slow moving. I don't agree with that at all. But I think it's so paced and like the build. When something happens, oh. you're like you're all in on it. Yeah. Like I don't. It doesn't ever to me feel like it drags. Like people say, two thousand one drags. <laughs> yeah. And I can see where they're coming from. I disagree strongly. I do that. too. I do too. <laughs> It's the kind of thing where it feels like it's taking forever until you get to the end of it and you sort of like, then you get the bigger picture and you see how everything makes sense. Right. But you can't say that for this. Like, it doesn't take that long. It's not a particularly long movie even. Right. I think it's just around two hours. Yeah. 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 No, it's just like. normal. It's, it happens fairly quickly. There's just not a lot of like shock scares, which is why I think people say it's slow. Right. Which. Fuck you. Yeah. Really? <laughs> the only like shock scare at all is like when Danny is shining and you get those like quick flashes of scary twin blood. Ooh, uh, twins. Yeah. Twins being hacked up. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And then I would argue that uh, the man getting his dick sucked by the bear dog is also a shock scare because yeah. it's so disorienting. <laughs> like, yeah. When, yeah. Shelly Duvall sees that. And she's like running around. She's like, and she sees that. And she, like before that, she saw like ghosts and skeletons and sk- spooky stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it cauldrons. Gets, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Black cats. Yep. Spider webs. <laughs> <laughs> a phantom of the opera playing an organ. <laughs> and then she gets to a guy getting a blowjob by a weird bear dog. dog. Bear dog. Yeah. Which it could be the scariest. <laughs> Oh, and Just the f- ghost blowjobs in general. Ghost blowjobs, but then like furry ghost blowjobs? Yeah. Fuck, man. New level. How Do you know what's crazy is so many people, because like furry is like a subculture now. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, I guess I, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's it's like a thing, which means I'm sure there are thousands of people who had their sexual awakening when they saw that scene. Yes, there was. They felt something deep in their groin. <laughs> I would love to get a ghost blowjob from a bear dog. <laughs> <laughs> Why not me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Stephen, going back to the Stephen King quote, I understand what he's saying about Nicholson. Yeah, but that also, I don't think it's worse for that. I think it's just a different story. Right. I I think, I do think that he is being kind of a stickler because he wrote it. Understandable. And, and, you know, we're going to 
watch the Shining miniseries from the 90s, which is like nine hours. So buckle up. But that one is closer to the book, and I don't think it's better because of it. Yeah, well, I mean, like, in a lot of ways, that's it's not a more cliche storyline to have this man yeah. corrupted and sort of possessed. But I think it's less interesting. Yeah. I think... It's less realistic, too. Uh-huh. Like, this is from the get go, you see this nastiness brewing in him. And he right. is. He's got it in. He's trying, to, he's trying to fight it, but in the way that people really <coughs> fight those negative impulses, which is more like, I want to be different without knowing how. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think it's great. I love it. I yeah, love this movie. It's great. It's the best. It's one of the best. Um, what else do I have written down here? The the actor, the little boy who played Danny, did not know he was in a horror movie. You've told me that. Yeah. And it's do weird. we know what he was told? No. Um, he's never been in anything else either. Um, so I, I imagine a real he was Max Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they like that's how fun the environment was on the set. <laughs> Yeah, so, so he was if, just if you're a good not time. Shelley Duvall, yeah. right? Um, so he just did not know. He was. They were just like, "All right, look scared. Look like, <gasps> yeah, look scared of uh, Roger Big Wheels around. <laughs> Roger Big Wheels. Now pretend that you see a naked bath hag. <laughs> yeah. How would you? How would your oh, face man. look? How? Ugh. What you want to talk about? MBH. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> um, that 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 bit that made. I think the first time I saw it, that made more of an impression on me than anything else in this movie. Yeah. That that scene, because she starts out as a beautiful naked woman. Beautiful naked woman, but also, like, that... Talk about perfect casting. Like, (laughs) that makes... That sounded so sleazy. (laughs) Ah, talk about perfect casting. Ooh. Ooh. A foxy (laughs) chair. But, no, in all seriousness, she... Is like the lankiest person. She has the longest, yeah. spindliest, ghostliest limbs. Yeah, she's very yeah slender, and she's, she's a, a real slender man. man. <laughs> she's a real slender man. She doesn't. She looks un not unnatural, but like supernatural. I guess like she from does, yeah. from the get go, she's just so like somebody drew her in pencil. You know, yeah, like a very pointed, <laughs> just like doing that, like. Just little, yeah. Her little body kind of like trails walk. off. Yeah, Oof. yeah. So then, like when you do get Those, from the as soon as you see her, once she gets out of the tub, you're like, oh shit, something <laughs> is bad here. Yeah, and you're <laughs> obviously like, god damn, yeah. And it's, it's but Nicholson is like, hey, humana, humana, humana. <laughs> yeah, he turns into <laughs> a wolf. <laughs> Draw, Show don't drops. tell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, just like. He's real into it. He's like, I've been, I've been cooped up in this hotel with Shelley Duvall. With nothing to plug but Shelley Duvall. That's rude. Yeah. But also a good name for this episode. <laughs> nothing to plug but Shelley Duvall. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, and he's totally into it. He's like, yeah, uh, I'm, whatever you got, I'm buying. And he starts making out with her. And then he pauses and he says, wait a second, you're not a bath hag, are you? <laughs> and she's like... Oh, am I? <laughs> I don't know. 
And then she is a bath hag. Oh, such a bath hag. <laughs> and she thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> she does. She starts cracking up. Yeah. Pulled you, a fast one on old Nicholson. Me. Yeah, you kissed my gross mouth. <laughs> and then arguably, like more upsetting than anything i don't think you ever feel like his life is in danger in that moment i don't think you're supposed to but she is like taunting him and she's like (laughs) walking toward him and he's just yeah he never thinks to run away he just backs up like the whole thing is so full of kind of like illogical artsy choices that it makes it in the way that like a david lynch movie is super scary just because nothing is plausible yeah david lynch movies like every david lynch movie is like the closest thing to an actual nightmare, a, an, yeah, an actual nightmare. Oh how, man, like, fucking! How you feel I maintain into it, like you, you it's inescapable. Yeah, even like, like even Blue Velvet, which isn't yes. scary. When what's his name, the man in yellow, is dead, standing up in the right. middle of the room. It's, it's so like, upsetting. There's oh god damn it, I I can't remember the name of it, but there's like a there's this psychological thing that like it's creepier to see like a human like a uh, drawing of a person or like an animated person that's like almost human yeah. but not quite Unca- there it's like uncanny valley, valley kind yeah, of yeah, thing yeah uncanny yeah, yeah. valley right so like uh polar express for example everybody's like <laughs> ugh not for me <laughs> yeah. gross yep. too because it's like not quite there mm-hmm. but too close it's yep. like not cartoonish enough yeah and i feel like that's every david lynch movie is kind of like Fuck that yeah it's like just so it's, it's oh this is it's reality but it's off center mm-hmm. it's and you're just like i it, i can't like <laughs> i can't lock down like what it and then the guys in the yellow suit is standing up and you're like it's too much for my brain it, yeah <laughs> that is it's so upsetting and but why like, he is one of the great the craziest <laughs> yeah the craziest thing is like you never feel like it's the wrong choice no like, it's never the it's wrong totally choice. implausible yeah. in a movie that's like Super dark and like, oh my god, <laughs> like I don't know about heightened, but just like so weird and yeah. upsetting. But nothing else like is on that level of being kind of crazy and ungrounded, right? But you, you're never, you don't doubt it for a second, right? Like you're just like, oh, he's dead and he hasn't fallen over yet. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right, perfect. Uh, yeah, I love it. And I'm I'm, uh, I'm going to write you a love letter. Some, you know what that is? <laughs> it's a bullet from it's a gun. A, it's a bullet from, from a, a gun. fucking gun. <laughs> um oh god. He's got David Lynch has his own bath hag in my opinion. Fucking Mulholland Drive. Oh, the god. scariest oh, thing I've ever seen on film. Oh boy. <laughs> <sighs> if you are at a computer, pause this right now and go on youtube.com. <laughs> Backslash scariest thing Dan's ever seen. <laughs> search like I don't even know what you'd search. David Lynch, um, uh, or Mulholland Drive Mul- Dream? Because I, right? I think it's actually called like Mulholland Drive scariest scene. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. Is that the scariest thing in the movie? Because then I should watch the rest. I think it. Yeah, that's by far the scariest yeah. thing. In the movie. One time, someone posted a loop of that, and I just watched it like thirty times, hoping that I would get over how scared it made me. <laughs> And it never made me any less scared. If you haven't seen it, basically the whole scene is like it's two guys in a diner talking, and the one guy is explaining. Oh, it's it's di- it's Mulholland Drive diner. Diners, yeah, it, they're talking, and the one guy's explaining that he keeps having this recurring nightmare where like 
he they're at the diner having this conversation and they go behind the building by the dumpster and he sees sure. like oh, sure. he, I forget what he says he sees but it's not what happened right it's like he sees like his wife or, <coughs> no i think he there's he says like i see uh, a woman something he it's just, not what they see though it's not it's not but he it's, dies in the dream yeah he, that's it it's like they go back there and then maybe the other guy kills him or something something like that. so it's just like standard kind of scary dream stuff and then the guy he's with is like well you're not dreaming now so let's just go back there and we'll prove that you're that it's not real right and then they go back and this woman who's like covered in mud. Yeah. A and real oh, so swampy. A swamp tits. hag. So, uh, or yeah, an S raisin tits, Esquire. <laughs> Fucking, and doesn't walk into frame or spring into frame. She just slides into frame <sighs> like she's being pulled on a skateboard. Yeah. She's dollied she into dollied frame. She in, dollied into frame there. and she's just like, is she smiling? In yeah. my memory of it, she's smiling. And the guy just has a heart attack and dies. Yeah. And. And that's it. And then so does everybody in the audience watching yeah. this movie. Oh my god. The the whole the full body kind of like tension yeah. that I felt in that moment. I was watching it, I remember I was watching it on a laptop and I was just like leaned on my hand forward toward my screen. Yeah. And I was on a rolly chair and I went backwards. <laughs> I propelled myself away from the screen. It's like that that joke people like send to other people online where you're like okay, oh yeah go through the maze the, go yeah. through the maze and then and the, then the scary the face. exorcist scary yeah. face pops up yeah except for it yeah, yeah for real for real and david um, lynch style i was so mad yeah so the shining <laughs> uh not a david lynch movie still decidedly. a stanley Kubrick yeah. film, <laughs> and still pretty good no it it's yeah i think it is the best stephen king movie easily right easily it's I don't know. It's one of my yeah. I love Silver Bullet so so, so much. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything that even comes close to yeah, this. Yeah, like I, I think I like a lot of the other Stephen King movies. I would say that a lot of different reasons. I would say that Carrie has its moments. Where Carrie has I feel a, like Christine. I really like a lot. Uh, see, I haven't seen Christine. We will get to it. Great. I feel like Carrie has at times the same artfulness. Yeah, not artsiness. Like it's as well made. Like right. there are moments where you really feel like it achieves something. Yeah, it's also got some real, uh, real dragging parts. Oh, oh yeah, like the improvised tuxedo scene. <sighs> oh, I'm still mad. Still that mad. is, that's bad uh, filmmaking. Yes, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Kubrick, thankfully, was not like, eh, just fool around with this scene. Yeah. Try on some funny clothes. No, no. No. That's not his style. No. Um, yeah. I don't, what's your favorite scene in the movie? In The Shining? Yeah. It's a... I, love the, I love the maze bit at the end. Yeah. When it's... Because the tension is absolutely peaking. Real peaky blinders. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just Nicholson... Like he's limping, he's got like he's doing the like holding onto his sweater, like yeah, that. yeah. Duh. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> doing that bit. That yeah, so scary. <laughs> it is like it's such a nice payoff for the whole movie. Ugh. 
I think my favorite scene is probably when you see that Scatman Crother's apartment is cluttered with pornography. <laughs> <laughs> the walls of his yeah. It just his apartment are just giant portraits of naked women. Yeah, African American women with big afros, just naked. Yeah, just it's such a weird butt ass naked, and he's <laughs> he's just relaxing on his yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watching TV. He's, he's chilling. Lived this way for so long that it does not phase him in the slightest. It's such a strange choice. It, it really is because like. Oh, man. I don't know why they did that. Maybe that's... I can take a dead man standing up. But maybe my <laughs> willing suspension line. of disbelief is that Scatman Crothers lives in a porno dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Because he just, like... I don't know. I guess it's just to be like, see, he's a person. <laughs> no, that can't possibly be it. Right? Cause I, like, I don't know what it is. I mean, the rest of the time you see him, he's sort of like... He's real smiley. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. And he just... Maybe he's just... Uh, he just fucks all the time. Maybe. That's Always. why they call him Scatman. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, That's why they call me Cumboy. <laughs> Cumboy Crothers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think uh, his... Uh, I love, I love his apartment. I have a move there. <laughs> well, sure. It's a nice apartment. It's a nice not, place. I don't know if I would decorate it the same way. Yeah. I'll leave it. I wouldn't touch a thing. It would be, <laughs> hey, it'd be a real different connotation if you had an apartment full of black porn. <laughs> I guess. It's different if you do it. I guess. It's, trust me. <laughs> so that's my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> no, I don't know. I. There's. I don't know. Because I feel like whatever my favorite scene is, is going to be whatever my favorite set piece is. Right. Because it, it's so... I would argue that the setting of this film is its own character. <laughs> I would. I really would. And you may not understand why. <laughs> I I don't. You're probably thinking, hold on a second. A scene as a character? And I'm saying... Yeah. <laughs> it's... It is so much a part of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he's losing his mind in the hallway and like, I think he's walking to the ballroom and he's just like throwing yeah. his hands up in oh, the air. Oh man. And just get, like, I do love that part. And, like throwing punches. Yeah. And, like, oh. That might be my favorite part. <laughs> I love that. Cause <laughs> <laughs> just going ape shit, ape shit, truly, truly ape shit. Yeah. It's so good. Um, yeah. I don't know. What else is there to say about this? It's do the we want to talk about the. Um, interpretations at all? Is there one interpretation of this movie that strikes you more than any other? Um, hey Rob, <laughs> what was that? I think that was the coffee. Ah, terrific. Um, well, what do you mean? What interpretation? What like, um, people think of it. I mean, we talked it talked about it as like a an abuse survival narrative. Sure. Uh, the we, colonial, colonialist narrative. Yep. We haven't really touched on that, and like that's where you start getting into Room Two Thirty Seven territory, right? Well, I but guess, that we is should, like we should probably talk about Room Two Thirty Seven a little, a bit. little, because yeah, it only yeah. merits being talked about right. a little bit. So, documentary Room Two Thirty Seven. It is a it's, borderline paranoid dissection of this film. It's the loose change, yeah, of perfect. The Shining, perfect. in my opinion. 
Yes. Uh, a, a large part of it is about how The Shining is just uh, Stanley Kubrick's way of telling everybody that he faked uh, the moon landing. You know he, how... He, with the government asking him to fake the moon landing. Yeah. Right? Um, but and if the whole movie was just that... I, I may have been more interested, mm-hmm. but then it also goes in like other de- weirder, like different kind of territories. It's so interestingly, like it follows the train of thought of someone who would tell you that this was a movie about the faking of the moon landing. Right. Like as if one person were just explaining what they thought of this movie, it yeah. shoots off in a million different directions like that. Yeah. Um, I but get- when when you guys get when Pod Classified eventually gets to the moon, moon landing, landing. Oh, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Um, I kind of have to tip my hat to this movie though because they do intersperse so many like more reasonable ideas uh-huh. that you kind of forget. Or the, I mean, that's the goal of it, anyways, to make you forget how ludicrous it is that Stanley Kubrick made The Shining to let everyone know that he faked the moon landing. Yeah. Uh. And, Part of what they talk about is sort of the colonialist overtones. And, right. And the details they choose to fixate on are borderline silly, like the Calumet. Mm. The big cans of Calumet and the dry goods. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, which, I don't know, I kind of like it yeah. as sort as something that could be intentional, like, or not. It's It's a fun coincidence if it's not intentional. But basically what happens is the first time they show you the dry goods, uh, closet where they keep all the dry goods i'm over explaining <laughs> quit mansplaining it to me <laughs> there's a uh there's a shelf with like a ton of cans of calumet the logo for which is like a stylized drawing of a native american right um later on in the movie i guess when jack nicholson is locked in there mm-hmm. um all the Oh, I forgot to mention that all the cans are like neatly arranged when you first see them so then later on when jack nicholson's locked in they're all turned uh, in such a like they're all disordered and facing different directions sort of to suggest that like things have gone off the rails. Right. Um, there I think they get into a few other details about that reading of the movie, although I can't think of any necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Off the top of my head. We, we watched The Shining. We didn't rewatch Room 237. Yeah. Do that your goddamn self. Once yeah. is enough. <laughs> I think to say that. Uh, Stanley Kubrick was somehow involved or, or trying to tell everybody that he was involved in the moon landing is silly. I think it is. Silly. I think if anything, he was aware of those rumors and might have been fucking with people. Uh, that but I even, can see. Even that. I think if you want to take the colonialist reading of this, which should, yeah. it, it's all over this yeah, fucking movie. That I, yeah. Like, from the get-go, they establish that it's, like, built on, like, a Native American bur- burial ground. Um, Makes more sense. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Yeah. And then you view, like, the big detail for everyone in that theory is the fact that Danny's wearing an Apollo 11 shirt. Right. And it's sort of why Apollo 11, of all other things, if Stanley Kubrick didn't fake the moon landing well it's because that's when we landed on the moon <laughs> right right the and other like, apollos we did not and if this is a movie about colonialism what greater feat of co- colonization is there than the moon landing there you go right yeah. so it's just like it's just another detail in this kind of like big statement piece if you choose to read it that way which i think you can and i don't think it's unreasonable to yeah yeah great all right pretty smart <laughs> 
We are so smart. Um, yeah. Wow, for a uh, for a show that started off with swampy raisin tits, we sure are getting into colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get back to the swampy raisin tits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We I should finish on that. Probably lost finish everyone. Finish on the swampy raisin tits. <laughs> oh, boy. That's like the first rule of comedy, right? Always finish on uh, a swampy raisin tit. Yeah, the, the first rule of comedy and pornography. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, I don't know. Should we should we land this thing? Yeah, why not? Unless you is there anything else you want to kind of hit on? I don't think so. Uh, it's too good to pick apart. Yeah, I mean, really, the there's nothing. There's no there. All the other Stephen King movies, there's definitely an element of silliness to it. Mm-hmm. And besides, like Scatman's house being littered with porn. Uh, uh, there's not not That's a it. lot silly. No, not a lot of silly shit. No, going this on is here. a heavy, heavy movie. Yeah, and like Stephen King, he's like a, um, and a, he's a professed fan of comedy. Right, he loves comedy, and uh, we'll see that a lot <laughs> in Creep Show. Thinks of himself as as a quite the funny, Joker. funny boy. <laughs> But like you kind of you get that sensibility in more literal adaptations of his books, right? Because there's always like I mean, the rules of comedy and horror are not so different. Yeah, unless you do it like fucking David Lynch. <sighs> no, no. Even then, it's like the same thing. It's just like a little off in a way that you'd never yeah. expect. But like Stephen King, his comedic sensibility is so kind of cheeky, yeah, and hammy. That his horror sensibility also is. Yes. Like, it's as cheeky and hammy analogously. Yeah. So, like, in those other more literal adaptations, there's these crazy... There's always, like, one fucking stupid element, at least. Yes. In Carrie, for me, it's the fire hose kind of, like, bouncing along around. Oh, my God. Wait a second. Oh, I I have to go back. I have to change something I said before. Okay. When uh, that podcast, Lore... When Stephen King was staying in the haunted hotel, mm-hmm. that's what he had the dream about. The fire, the fire hose? hose. Get shut up. That he had a dream that a fire hose was chasing his son down the hallway. That's so stupid. And then he woke up and he and he wrote The Shining. And the fire hose is actually in the book. Really? And yeah. And they couldn't use it in the movie because some jerk off took it for a different for Stephen Carrie. King movie. It, it's not in Carrie. It, I don't think. I don't. Think it isn't Carrie. That's okay. I'm glad that. Fi- Wait, it did really they? They didn't want to use it, did they? For the movie, or they did? The want Shining. It? Yeah. No. Okay. Kubrick didn't want to use it. All right. Yeah. Good. There's also like because of how stupid it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's also um, in the book uh, there are hedge hedge animals. Oh yeah, and they come to life. That come to life. Also quite silly. Um, yeah. No, there's like. Yeah. Basically. All I'm trying to say is that his comedic sensibility reflects his horror yes. sensibility. Goes both ways, and it's better to, I think, remove him because he does have some really compelling images and storylines, and you know, there's some raw elements of his stuff that's can be extrapolated into a truly great movie, right? And when he can't dip his his uh, dick in it, yeah, it's filthy wick. Yeah, when he can't dip his wick in a project, <laughs> it's better for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and we'll see that the more control Stephen King has over a film, I think the worse <laughs> off it becomes for it. Yeah. Um, also, keep an eye out for our David Lynch podcast, Lynchpinned. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Could it? Wouldn't Lynch Mob be the better name? Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> but I don't think we should do that. No, we don't want to call a podcast Lynch Mob. No, well, that's what our fans are called. <laughs> what up, Lynch Mob? <laughs> fans of this podcast are now called the Lynch Mob. <laughs> I want to I want to turn this ship around before it gets too far away from us. Yes. No. What are you guys called? <laughs> um, are, are kingpins. We, yeah. No, we're the kingpins. Um. Um. Uh. We can't end the episode until we get here. Yeah. Not. Right, we're king, if king, we're the kingpins. King. 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 Uh, pinheads. That's a stretch. That's getting too far away from the starting point. <laughs> I was going to call them like queens or something. Mm, now who's the misogynist? It's you. <laughs> it's me. Because you said that. It's me. <laughs> it's me, the misogynist. <laughs> I'm Rob the misogynist Avon. <laughs> You're listening to Dan of the misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fucking morning zoo character. <laughs> the misogynist. <laughs> a bit on the nose. That I would. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to write that down, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're worried you're going to forget that idea? Yeah. Too many fine points you don't want to forget? Everybody, keep an eye out for our new podcast, Dan, Dan the and the Misogynist. In the morning. That's It's just a 10 minute podcast. Yeah. Where we say hateful things and then we stop recording. <laughs> Um. Yeah, we should wrap up because I got the hiccups. All right, perfect. <laughs> I know that's not hiccups. Sounds like. All right, so final thoughts. Final thoughts. It's great. Great movie. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Um, axes. <laughs> ten axes out of ten. Ten out of ten fire hoses. Sentient fire hoses. <laughs> um, ten out of ten twins. So twenty out of twenty. <laughs> Yeah, great. It's a great movie. Everybody should watch it. Terrific. Um, next episode, Creep Show is Creep Show. Very excited I to love talk it. about it. I really liked Creep Show without getting too much into it right now. So yeah. I think that'll be a fun episode. It's a, it's a good one. Yes. Um, anything think, you want to plug? Mention? Um, listen to uh, my other podcast, introducing the first appearance. Which uh, has Mark Henley, Jack Steiger, and Dan Gagliardi. Occasionally me. Yeah, engineer Dan Gagliardi. And listen to my other podcast, Pod Classified, where we talk about various conspiracy theories, uh, co-hosted by Jack, also of introducing fame. Yeah. And uh, Robert Smedberg, who's a very funny stand-up comedian, and we don't take it very seriously, so you don't have to worry about that. Right. It's it's a lighter look at conspiracy theories. (laughs) Uh, Looking at... The lighter side of conspiracies. (laughs) Yeah, we've done an episode about the Denver airport, which if you aren't familiar with the Denver airport conspiracy, fucking listen to the app. But also know that, yeah, it's it's cockamamie and it's a fun time. (laughs) It's gobbledygook. It's a fun time at the movies hearing about that. Um, I think that's it. That's it. See you next time for Creepshow. Yeah. King me, baby. King me? King me. Daddy? Daddy. (laughs) 